Hello and welcome to Presenting, a podcast where we chat about various topics related to role-playing games, typically Paizo products such as Pathfinder and Starfinder, but also others. I'm John Godek. With me today is Brent Bowser. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, I think we met at Origins in 2019 very briefly, like you met everybody else coming in. <laughs> well, yeah. uh, yes, if, if you played any game, I more than likely uh, told you where your table was. Yes, yes. I, 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 that was, um, I did a lot of conventions and, and kind of, as I was mentioning offline, Origins is, is like, I like Origins a lot, especially of the bigger ones. I liked mm-hmm. it way better than Gen Con. And so I have some very fond memories of, of origins. And I also have a really good friend that actually lives in Dayton, which I hear you're from as well. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And uh, so I got a chance to to see him and hang out with him. And so I'm hoping to get back to it. And we'll talk about that a, a bit sure. later. So, all right. So Brent is the regional venture coordinator of the Great Lakes for Paizo Organized Play and an editor for the Journal of Dungeoneering for Hip and Attractive Professionals, which definitely going to talk more about that. <laughs> He's also written Pathfinder 2nd Edition Bounty 15, Treasure of the Coast, as well as Pathfinder 2nd Edition Scenario 316, Escape from Opara, which is due out in uh, two weeks from when this thing comes out. So congratulations yeah. on those. Thank you. And uh, the last thing that uh, Brett would like to uh, make sure everybody knows is that um, he would appreciate it if you would um, excuse him for all his very uh, outrageously punny characters. And uh, what does that actually mean, by the way? Uh, so I I just got done playing a uh, yesterday in our home game. I have, uh, it, it's fifth edition, so I have a, a Haragon, one of the rabbit people. Right. Uh, his name is uh, Bunnedick Carrot Patch. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So that's, so it's not just the naming I'm guessing, right? <laughs> oh yeah. No, it, everything's pretty ridiculous. Uh, I have my, my, uh, Maddox, Bright, Sorceress, Lana Del Rey, Frost. <laughs> Great. All right. So, so Brett, can you first tell me a little bit about what you do for organized play? You're actually the first RVC Oh. I've interviewed, and uh, can you tell me how you got started in the first place and kind of rose up to where you, you're at now? Sure. Uh, my very first organized play game was, oh, I'm going to sound so old now, We Be Goblins on Free RPG Day. <laughs> okay. So uh, over 10 years ago, uh, that was my first introduction. Uh, got my organized play number, found my local store in Dayton, uh, got involved with that, started GMing. Uh, the venture lieutenant uh, for Dayton stepped down, and so from there I started organizing several stores during uh, the peak of fourth edition, which meant we were mm-hmm. our busiest <laughs> for Pathfinder. Mm-hmm. Uh, from there, became like uh, the venture captain for Cincinnati and Ohio, and about 2019, actually, yeah, 2019. Uh, as the second edition of Pathfinder came out, so was kind of like a, a second edition of organized play, if you will. Um, mm-hmm. And I was part of that new crop of regional venture coordinators that uh, stepped up. And so I oversee Ontario, Michigan, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and Kentucky. And when you say oversee, what does that actually mean? Uh, so I... 
I describe it as being director level. So okay. um, glorif glorified uh, paperwork, essentially. <laughs> uh, really, the, the real heroes, uh, to be honest, are are the GMs, the venture agents, the venture lieutenants, the, the people really being the face of the players uh, with our, our, our stores, uh, really mm -hmm. engaging everyone. Um, I help make sure that they have everything that they need, um, like paperwork-wise, support-wise. I'm an escalation point for conflicts. Um, hmm. I help coach, help coach um, venture captains and and lower on like some of the best ways to build partnerships with our stores. Uh, I tend to be very very protective of our GMs. There are a lot of host stores that will say, "Yes, bring us our, bring us more customers," and you know we're not a profit center. You know, right. We are people right. too. You know, and as as much as we love frequenting our stores and supporting our our local businesses, we're also really depending on them to help advertise, like the great community of players that we have, and and join that too, as one. So I'm going to ask you a, a question that's off script a little bit here. Yeah. Um, I, I mentioned before, I have a really good friend in, in Dayton and I was yeah. actually visiting him and I was looking for an organized play game in Dayton and I couldn't find any. So is there a secret place I got to look or is it just moved out to a different area? So for, for, I would say in general, we're all on Warhorns and uh, uh, yeah, I, working yeah, on trying to consolidate you know, right. different war horns and do searches that way. Um, I did just launch, at least for myself, um, uh, greatlakesorgplay.com. Uh, mm -hmm. That came in very, very handy this weekend at Origins. You know, as people were coming up to me, like, hey, um, is there anything going on in South Bend? And so I can send right. them to the site right. where the war horns at. Hey, we're from Ontario. What have we got going on? Oh, uh, go here. Uh, uh, Paul's my venture captain up there. There's his email. There's his war horns. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, trying to do a better job of, of having those tools to help, you know, integrate people into the community. Better. No, I think I think Warhorn is great. And when I was looking, it was 2019. So I don't okay. I don't know okay. that everybody, you know, we hadn't had the pandemic yet. Not everybody was up on Warhorn for doing gotcha. things. So, but yeah, that's uh, that makes a lot of sense. I I just remember seeing a couple of websites and uh, trying to find a game in either uh, Columbus or in, in Dayton, it was kind of yeah. hard to find one. So yeah, it's it's tricky, and that's some of the things that you know we try to work on and try to encourage is um, you know understand where people. I guess one of the things that's really big for me is understanding how people are playing and where they're right. going, and then reaching mm -hmm. out to them. And mm -hmm. I feel like a lot of times very IT driven people, right? We're like, no, we've created this solution. You should use it. And right, then, right. you know, the users are like, but it doesn't do the thing I wanted to do when I do this. And so, you know, that back and forth. So mm -hmm. I think we've done on, on the, you know, Paizo side, I think we've done a good job of like, yes, and this is how we are going to onboard people. And then we don't listen as well as we should to, uh, to other people. So I'm trying to, you know, reach out to them more. Right. I think it's I I think it's probably a lot better since the pandemic in terms of organization, and I was actually going to ask you how has that affected your region uh, in terms of organized play? Oh man, so that that's honestly been very very tough. Uh, 
so you know 2019 second edition comes out um you know you there's that initial system shock you know because I don't know if anyone's told you, but 3.5 is the greatest edition that's ever been made. Yes, so. <laughs> I like it a lot. Yes. That's sarcasm, everyone. Uh, so, you know, a lot of, um, you know, a lot of people wanted to stick with that. Um, <laughs> and we only had, you know, six months of trying to promote second edition before we weren't allowed in public, period. Hmm. Uh, so that was, that was tough uh initially moving everything online um and the the online venture core really like bent over backwards and was a huge huge boon to not only like not only the great lakes but you know the entire community to help keep gaming going and bring us into the digital um aspect even more uh it's been uh it's been slow getting back you know um I think Ontario is still in lockdown. Um, mm. With them being in Canada, we tend to fluctuate of you know uh, masks on, masks off, masks on, masks off, um, social distancing on and off. Um, origins, which I know we'll get to in a, in a moment, kind of fluctuated back and forth and required vaccines and masks um, shortly before. So I think that drove a lot of people away. Um, it, it's all of the work that I needed to do for promoting second edition has really been put on pause and all that rebuilding that I needed to do in the community as a whole has been put on pause and we're trying to get back into it. How have your numbers changed? Did you see a big uptick of numbers, but all online or was it just your the players you had just kind of moved online and you didn't see much change in numbers? Uh, so net negative, um, mm. obviously online, you know, if, if we just want to section out that, um, that portion of it, huge uptick of online numbers, right. <laughs> uh, but holistically, uh, just down and, and that's fine. You know, um, online isn't for everyone. I, I get it. It's a different beast. Um, as someone whose day job is running a lot of reports, making a lot of PowerPoints, and then sitting in conference calls and trying to manage those presentations, um, asking me to spend like another four hours creating graphs and charts and PowerPoints and running another like five hour conference call. You know, um, I've done it. It's not my favorite, so I, I get it. Um, so that's, I think that's another big challenge that we have going is, um, we're literally managing two communities right now. You know, we had mm -hmm. the community that's that went online with us and are coming back into in-person play. And then the people who didn't have anything and we need to get them back in, into our community. Now you just wrapped up uh, origins, right? So all the organized play there, how did that go? Uh, so let me, let me, let me preface some things about my personality so uh okay you'll understand uh on the myers-briggs i'm the advocate and architect so i'm uh perpetually pessimistic about everything uh and as a gemini i will give you both sides so i will try 
to uh, give you as good of an impression. Um, it went much better than I had thought it would. Um, there's definitely been some changes at uh, at Gamma's top organization. Um, they really embraced more of the independent creators. Um, they seem to have their act together a little bit better than I'm used to this year. Hmm. Um, the Origins Organizing Committee was predominantly newer people, and they picked up uh, very, very well with um, with all the previous information and, and a lot of unknowns being thrown at them. Um, so uh, attendance was down, and again, I think the the mask and vaccine mandate had a lot to do with that. You know, there's a lot of people who um, aren't coming out because of that. Um, I will tell you. I'm going to wear masks at every convention now because I don't have any crud whatsoever. So I don't care what yes. endemic is that's going good. on. I'm masking up forever now. Yeah. Yeah. Now that's um, true. Con crud is, is, is a real thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. There's a lot of that's different. I'm still trying to process how much is good and how much is going to be a, a challenge. Um, our volunteers were down. And I think a lot of that, you know, uh, and some of the worries about going out in public uh, and some of it too, you know, we've, as we've moved a lot of things online, um, the idea of how much a game is worth, you know, is, is different. Um, what, what makes coming to origin special as opposed to just staying home and waiting a couple weeks to play it. Um, so I think those are some challenges we have. Um, so a lot of our, our core people, it didn't feel as much like a family reunion as uh, mm-hmm. previous Origins usually are. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we did give away well over 100 new player numbers. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So that that was very, very encouraging of, of knowing that we could be there and reach out to new people um, and get them involved. Even if, they, even if organized play isn't for them or if it's for them for a few months and, and meet the people that they like. And then they go off and make a home game. As long as they're buying Paizo products and enjoying Pathfinder and Starfinder, that's really all I care about. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was just different. It was kind of down overall too. Mm-hmm. even adventures league filled half of their room as opposed to their normal 35 to 50. Wow. Wow. What were, uh, how, how were hotel reservations and prices did they reflect that or were they still tough to get rooms close by and uh, expensive? Uh, so I, I don't know that I can speak to that. I lucked out. I, um, I volunteered for like the whole weekend. So I ended up with a, a con room at the Hyatt. So, right. Right. Um, but yeah, like the, the economy is really tough in general right now. So I'm sure like the $5 a gallon, certainly kept some people some of you know our our indiana and michigan friends away mm-hmm. um, i'm sure the hotel rooms being you know slightly more expensive kept some folks away um, there's just a lot a lot of factors outside of our control uh and they did something different gamma does something very different this year they raised the badge price from 50 for the weekend to 95 wow but but wow. games were free Oh, so you didn't have to buy tickets for games? Yeah. Well, that's that's better, I guess. <laughs> it, 
uh it was a mix that was that was a very mixed bag uh mm-hmm. it was nice on one hand where we didn't have to like count generics and we didn't have to like turn people mm-hmm. away they were like i would like to play this game and then set up a you know, we don't have to gatekeep them. Like, but you can't. You've got to leave us and go spend money and come back. You know, if yeah. people were interested, we could really um, build on that curiosity enthusiasm. Uh, the other side of that was there were several times when we would check the website and games would be sold out, and then like half of the people would show up. So because they didn't have a commitment with the payment. Yeah, yeah, yeah with yeah, yeah, with no skin in the game they were like well what have i got to lose and so it there's no there's no way to quantify how many people we didn't reach because they saw that the game was was full and didn't and went to go play something else right right that's it yeah that's an interesting dynamic there i i'm trying to remember origins i i think when i went you had to go all the way to the other end of the convention hall to get yeah. the ticket yeah, and that was like, oh man, that's uh, that's rough. That's yeah, rough. and they and they have like the uh, one of the like a like a gamma mini HQ like right outside our door, and they have mm-hmm. no means of selling generics, right? And like that would seems like it would be such an easy win, but yeah, I right. can't. It's awful telling people I want to come play your game in twenty minutes. Well, <laughs> walk the other end of convention, minutes? stand in line, and come. Yeah. You know. <laughs> yeah. Oh wow! Well, it it sounds like it. Uh, it's not quite back to normal now. The weekend was different too. Do you know if that's going to be a permanent change or if that was just kind of a one-off? I I don't know to be honest. And uh, that was another thing that was again like more different. Like you know, normally it's on like Father's Day weekend or they coordinate it and and uh, Gay Pride weekend. And of course, the parade goes right out right. Saturday morning, and everyone walks inside and comes and plays games and. Um, and yeah, the, I don't know if that had a, a direct effect or not. I kind of would like it to go back. It saves me two trips to Columbus, but right. Right. Well, it's not that far for you though. Come on. Well, I know, <laughs> but I'm, I'm a very busy man. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, like, I, as I mentioned before, that's, uh, that's a graduate. This weekend was graduation weekend for me. And so if it stays on this weekend, I'll be hard pressed to convince my my dean to let me go <laughs> to go to a convention to play instead of do the mandatory, uh, you know, congratulate graduates and stuff. So <laughs> I hope it changes. Um, so congratulations on your first uh, Pathfinder second edition scenario coming out later this month. Now, uh, no spoilers, but can you talk a little bit about the process you went through to get this opportunity? in kind of your process you went through to write it. Okay. Um, so uh, Mike Kimmel uh, tweeted a uh, kind of like an open call for submissions, looking yep. for new voices. Um, so I submitted a, um, a third-party product that I'm working on. It's a, um, it's basically a, a customizable card game uh, within um, Pathfinder 2 and Starfinder. Uh, so it's not an actual like CCG. Um, it's you know dice rolls and skill checks, but it's you know if you want to play a CCG within the system, here's how you would would uh, do that. Uh, he liked the submission. I got uh, uh, asked for if I could do Bounty off the Coast, mm-hmm. uh, so I did that. 
uh, had a real, real good time with that. Um, they, uh, they give you an outline. Um, you send in a, an outline. You send in a first draft. You have to take all that feedback and make it work. And then they uh, make a few tweaks after that and publish it. How long was the timeline from when they recruited you for uh, 316 to the when you had to turn in your final deliverable? Uh, I think I got like three or four months, I think, to write 10,000 words. So, um, yeah, it, it's definitely... You, and they, they do give you um, a lot of framework to work within. So right. it's not like you... you you shouldn't be spending a month just kind of wandering around, wander, you know, what am I going to do? They pretty much tell you uh, what needs to be done, which is nice. Uh, and then just go and make that manifest. Oh, no, we're about to get a kiss. We're about to get a cat. Yeah, we're about to get the uh, regional venture cat bacon. She's they very need some love in it sounds like. Yeah, she uh, she has anxiety from uh, me being at Origins all week, so. I'll oh. see if I can get her up here and be quiet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. Well, come here. That is a short little, like, squeak. There, come here. <laughs> All right, lay down. Um, but yeah, it, it's... Uh, it's a it's a nice back and forth. They give you um, an outline, but they don't completely hold your hand. So um, right. I do have a lot of uh, wiggle room to be creative and uh, interpret some things. Um, one of the things that I think has really helped me uh, is coming f- as like um, from the organized play side, um, being such an experienced GM. Uh, right. Inclusivity is uh, is really big for me. Um, and so, you know, doing skill checks of not not letting everything be a diplomacy check, you know, right. like understanding right. you're going to get four barbarians at a table. And so what can I what options can I, I have so that everyone can play and participate? Good, good. Yeah, I, I've uh, I've had the opportunity to do uh, a bounty as well. I haven't got that scenario yet. And I did su- submit to Mike's open call and he said, he's, he said, I'm on the list. I'm waiting. I'm waiting mm-hmm. for that. Um, but yeah, I, I do appreciate the, the detail outline they give you kind of where they want you to go and, and things, but the fact that they leave you a lot of room for how you get there, I think is, is really good. So what advice do you have for people who are interested in getting into organized play? And especially if they want to move up and become a RVC or, or do you advise them not to want to do that? <laughs> uh, yeah, we'll we'll talk about getting involved in organized play in general first. Uh, <laughs> um, it's I would say like Paizo.com and Warhorn um, is probably where you want to start first, and and um, honestly, even like looking at your local game stores um, and asking them. Uh, if they know of anyone that's playing Pathfinder, um, you'll find like a lot of word of mouth that happens. Um, and a lot of, of our stores uh, are very good about promoting and letting them know like when, uh, when our events are going on, you know, because that gives them a, an opportunity to sell more product, but, you know, also gives a, a chance for people to, um, to meet new folks and get involved. Um, 
you can do it anywhere. Uh, you know, uh, the uh, scenarios are available for port for purchase. You know, uh, if you're ambitious enough, you can start up at uh, at your college, at your library, uh, at your favorite board game bar, uh, at your favorite store if they don't already have something going. Um, you can start something yourself. Uh, the organized play foundation.org website uh, has links to all of the RVCs. Um, so anyone can reach out to me, even if you're not in my area, I can help direct you to whoever you need to go to uh, make sure you get supported with um, all the scenarios and, and advice that you need. Um, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a different, I have a different take on organized play. Like it is available for, for folks um, like as a way of gaming, but I also realize that it's, um, it's almost like a, like a dating site, if you will. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, it, it's here yeah. for uh, if you don't know anybody come yeah. in and, you know, meet some, some locals that you get along with. And, uh, you know, if you want to go off and, and run your APs or run your home games, then you've made like some great friends. Uh, you've made maybe some job connections. I've married people who met at a Pathfinder table. I was there for I was there for their meet cute. I wrote their scenario where he proposed to her and I performed their wedding. Uh, it's a it's a thing like if you're new in town, yeah. uh, you know, meet meet new local gaming people, um, you know if your situation changes where, you know, you've got to, you have your first kid and you got to drop out, come back a couple of years later, you can still play your character. You know, like I understand that, you know, the, the fluidity and the mm -hmm. ins and outs for it. So don't feel like you have to get, you know, that big of a commitment, you know, it's always here. It's always open. Um, it's always ready to welcome anyone in. I think that's one of the cool things about organized play is you can drop in and drop out. It's not with a home game, like you kind of, right. you're committed, right? You got to go. Mm -hmm. And if, if you can't make it, especially like for me as a GM, I'm, I'm having my hardwood floors be done. So I get a game Sunday. I said, we can't have it here. So, and yeah. I'm the GM. And so it's like, oh, well that, that kind of messes things up. But you know, if, if, if I were running in, in a store, which I'm, I'm not because of my, I had a transplant two years ago, I can't go into stores yet. Mm -hmm. Hoping that changes If I'm running in a store, you know, I can drop in, Oh, I'll run this week or, you know, I run online, I'll run it a couple of weeks and I'll take some time off. Um, the nice thing about it I'll say is that, um, even though there might be strangers initially, you play with people enough, you kind of get to know them yeah. and that's how you start forming home groups, I think too. Yeah. And I will say organized play is very, very easy to run. Mm -hmm. uh, the scenarios are very well written. Um, they give you everything that you need. There's so many handouts. Um, monster stats are in there. They tell you where to reference them. They're, for the most part, like even when they're multi-parts, like, you know, part one and part two, they're still essentially good one-shots, you know. Um, right. right. You don't have to do a lot of thinking, you know, uh, if you're, you know, running home games and like, well, I don't have to build a world and I'll have to have deep backstories for things. And I don't know where I'm going to go after this. It's, it's a good way to learn to GM. And it's nice because then you can rotate and you don't have to, you know, right. if 
you can't have the the game at your house because your your uh, floors are being done. Someone else can easily just pick up and run, you know, another scenario, another one shot with our characters, and we keep going, you know. Um, and then from there, it's honestly pretty easy to be a venture agent too and coordinate that stuff with your store. Yeah, it seems seems like venture agents. If if you have somebody who's willing to run at a store, at least in our Seattle area. You know, there's a store opens up. Somebody wants to run games there. They make them a venture agent. There's like not a whole lot involved with that. Yeah. Um, no. So that's, that's kind of cool. And you get free scenarios and yeah, uh, makes it easier to run. I, I do have a kind of a side question here. So I'm primarily a Starfinder guy. So I, sure. I've i run about 180 tables and I recently got into second edition, right? I would mm-hmm. like to start running this summer some Pathfinder second edition what are some of the things I need to look out for as a experienced Starfinder GM that'll trip me up as going over to Pathfinder second edition? Uh, three actions, three actions. I know that. Three actions, yeah. Three. Got yeah. That. Okay. <laughs> Anything uh, else? I'm trying to think what, what is, um, probably your, probably understanding DCs. Um, okay. And they're incredibly easy to calculate because it's just 10 plus whatever it is, you know, so um, people don't roll opposed perception versus stealth and they don't mm. roll opposed bluff versus sense motive. You know, you deceive someone and then you have to beat their DC. You're stealthing past their perception DC. Ah, okay. Yeah. So that, that'll be, that'll be different. That's good. Yeah. I know attacks of opportunity are, are, are less frequent. Yes. Um, treasure bundles, I'm told, are pretty simple to figure out. I don't even know what that means yet. I just yeah. know people assign me treasure at the end when I play. I don't yeah. know how that gets determined. Yeah, everything. Um, you know, yeah. The scenario is written of, like, you find this thing, and then it just turns into a treasure bundle. Yeah. Uh, day jobs will probably be – day right. jobs in schools will be probably the hardest stuff to pick up because even I have to oh. refer to the giant charts. Yeah, that's right. And there's something like uh, you can bump, like if you have a low level player coming in, you can yes. give them mentor booms and stuff. Yep. Yep. Um, so that's something I can. I, I, I've played enough to know these things happen. I just don't know the mechanics of them. So it's like, oh, okay. Well, that's just easy. And if, I guess what I need to do is make a checklist. Here are all the things I need to pay attention to. But yep. I'm hoping I'll just run it with my local group, and they all know I don't know anything about Pathfinder, so they'll they'll tell me what to do. Right. So. They, yeah. don't, they won't care. Well, great. So, Brett, tell me what's next for you. What's going on that you can actually talk about? Okay, what can I actually talk about? Uh, gosh, this is where it's going to get probably boring for you because, uh, I, <laughs> well, I don't have uh, I don't have any other scenarios uh, or anything like that coming up. Uh, we just released our third issue for the uh, Journal of Dungeoneering. Oh, yes. Yes. You're going to talk about that. I was going to ask you, what is that all about? Is that that's uh, a real thing? Yes, it is a is a real thing. Uh, it is uh, essentially a fanzine publication mm-hmm. uh, started by uh, Alex Glenn Friedman and Elizabeth Parsons. Um, happen to be friends of mine. They uh, they started us up. I, I came in, I think, issue two, I think. Um, I just really love what they're doing. Um, they are huge, um, TTRPG nerds, uh, and fans of, of everything. So they love doing interviews 
with uh, with creators. Uh, love getting uh, little little splats, uh, whether it's um, Starfinder fighter archetypes or some new Pathfinder items, uh, fiction and poetry, art, um, uh, advice columns. Uh, they love all that all that stuff. Um, so we've oh. we've just released our third issue at uh, jod4hap.com. I'm working on getting that out on Infinite as well, but I think it's also on Drive Through RPG. Right, I saw that. Yep, we had an interview with Jason Tondro. I did a little reporting on the unionization side of things. Huh. There's so, uh yeah. Go ahead. I have a question though. You know, so it's a journal of engineering for hip and attractive professionals. What mm-hmm. if you're not hip, attractive, or professional? Can you still so, submit to that? Um, so we think we. We firmly believe um, that all people are beautiful, and so you're at least attractive. Okay. And but the if, hip and the professional part, though? Um, <laughs> you know, uh, anyone can be a professional, right? As long as um, you don't have to be paid to be a professional, as long as yeah. you uh, love doing what you do. And um, if you are anything from, like, slightly bougie to uh, at least being in tune to current events, then you could be hip. Okay, so you're saying anybody can submit then if they want. Anyone can be a hip and attractive professional. Okay. If, that's what you, if you believe it, uh, then you are. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering. I, I actually, um, was, I have a, a journal article I'm actually thinking of working on, uh, research on kind of the gaming industry. Because I realized this is, you know, I've done about 80 of these interviews. And I always ask kind of the similar type of questions you know, about how people got started, what advice do they have, and um, a lot of stuff about the pandemic. And so one of the things I thought, I'd go back and kind of collate that and actually do a, an actual academic journal uh, nice. publication to get into a you know gaming journal someplace. And then I'm thinking, oh, maybe I should do something uh, for this as well. Or maybe I can get this to count for my university is something that'll count for me for a uh, accreditation i have to publish so many things to, mm-hmm. uh, to maintain accreditation and stuff like that so all right okay well then if it's okay then i i think i might try to submit something is it rolling submissions or do you have calls uh, or uh i think we're should be probably rolling we'll make a call for issue four here soon um yeah. as we figure out you know kind of what it is that we're looking for uh with issue three we did one out really with uh, the Paizo accountability and right. unionization right. coming in. We really want to zone in on that. But um, for the most part, it's pretty open. Um, submit yeah. away. We'll, uh, we'll pay you for your work. Oh, wait, there's money too. What? Yeah. That's not how, that's not how journals usually work. Well, this, okay. But this oh, is, it's a fanzine. Yeah. Okay. But this yeah. is a journal for hip and attractive professionals. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. Well, that's good to know too, then. Uh <laughs> Well, Brett, it's been really great having a chance to to chat with you and get to know you. And I got to apologize. My allergies are just super acting up right now. So my eyes are just really bugging me here. Um, It wasn't you. And it wasn't the fact I was sad the whole time. It's just uh, just allergies right now. But thanks so much for joining us on the podcast today. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to seeing you at a convention sometime soon. Yes, absolutely. Well, cool. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Uh, Bacon says thank you as well. (laughs) We enjoyed uh, having the RV uh, cat there as well. Yes. Thanks.